Welcome to the Discipleship Podcast with Pastor Pablo Martinez. We truly believe disciples aren't born, they are made. If your desire is to grow, renew your mind, and go to the next level in the way you live for God, this podcast is for you. Pastor Pablo will be sharing the real heart of a disciple through tough but transformational truths that are sure to confront us. These truths will lead us into establishing the kingdom of God in our lives. Now is the time. Grab your pen, a notebook, and your Bible. It's time to get formed. Welcome to Formation Friday. It is so good to be with you yet one more time. We're talking about the fourth characteristic of a multiplying disciple, and that is purpose-driven. Are you a purpose-driven disciple? Now, uh, I got to be really honest with you. I really wrestled about preaching about this, sharing this, because, you know, obviously there's so many things going on in our lives, in our world, in our church, uh, in our nation. Uh, and the Lord spoke to me very clearly, and he said, do not allow my pulpit to be taken hostage by circumstance. Meaning, I refuse to shape and change what God is doing or what God wants to do based on what I feel or my experience of circumstances. And so what I want to do is I want to preach to you this word, purpose-driven, and as I began to prepare it more and more and more, I realized that this is exactly what God wanted us to learn for the circumstance and for the rest of our lives. Purpose-driven. Let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give us, just as in Psalm 51 verse 12, where King David said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and give me a willing spirit to sustain me. In another version says, NLT, and give me a willing spirit to obey you. Give me the will to obey you. I ask God to give us a willing spirit. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much because you love us, because you called us, because you genuinely, genuinely, Lord, care for our lives. I ask you now, God, that you help us to be purpose-driven. Help us, God, to walk according to your truth and to your purpose. Holy Spirit of God, would you give us a willing spirit? Please, Lord, put a willing spirit within us to obey and to listen. Remove pride, remove agendas. God, remove whatever is trying to stop your word from taking root, God, and giving the fruit that you want from us for our generations. In your name we pray. Amen. It is such an important time for disciples of Jesus Christ to be purpose-driven, not circumstance-driven. To be purpose-driven, not emotional or emotionally driven. To be purpose-driven and not driven by intellect, nor driven by anything else except the purpose of God in your life. Let me ask you this question. It's a question that I feel that the Lord began to ask me. What justifies the loss of your purpose? What price is offered to you in order to sell your purpose? To what price do you put or what price tag do you put on your purpose? At what point do you lose it? Is it when a pretty girl comes along, when a cute guy comes along and you're just really trying to engage in the purpose of God for your life? You understand the Lord's marching orders for you. You know what he has called you to do and be and yet... Sometimes we sell it for the moment, for what's happening around us. We can become so purpose-driven, but not the purpose of God, the purpose of everything else and everyone else. I would like to ask you for just a moment to really consider if you want to stay logged on. I mean this 100% because this is Formation Friday, and I pray that as your pastor, you can hear 
not just some words from some dude, some guy, but as a man who wants the best for your life. I believe that God wants to use every person that allows him or her to be used by him and for his glory. But I have seen the behavioral patterns of so many Christians, so many believers who want the fruit of God, but they do not want to pay a price. Well, let me tell you what the price is paid. The price is paid here and the price is paid here before it's ever paid out there. The price is paid first within you, in your pride. I'm going to ask you again, do you really want to do this? Because what I'm going to do in this very few moments is I'm going to ask you certain questions. I'm going to ask you if you really want God as Lord, if you really want God as King. I'm going to ask you questions like this. Do I want what his eyes see? Do I want what his ears hear? Do I want where his feet may lead me? Or do I only want what his hands can give me? Do you want a Lord in your life or do you want a spiritual ATM? Are you looking for the purpose of God to truly be fulfilled at whatever cost that is? Whatever cost. So what I'm going to do, and I mean this 100%, if you feel that there's something in you that is not wanting you to hear this message, rebuke it, ask God to give you strength, to give you humility. But if you cannot do it, I will give you a couple seconds to simply log off. I mean this completely from the bottom of my heart. I would rather talk to you on a one-on-one base later about whatever you want to talk about that is stopping you from receiving than having this become an even greater argument and another tool from the enemy because this can bless your life. This can, I believe, 100%. It can change not only your life but everyone who's near you and the generations that come after you. There is power in a purpose-driven life. So let's take a minute. If you want to say out, it's okay. We won't be mad at you. Connect with me later on. We'll work through whatever's going on. But this is a time where you say, Lord, if I'm going to stick with this, I'm going to stick with the whole thing. Take your time. I'm looking at the little thing. Hopefully, I can't see it from here, but the little eye, has it changed? Do you guys want to look at it with me? Is it this side or this side? It would be this side, I think. Or this side. This side, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if it's changing. We'll wait for a little bit more because I know it happens. And I'm actually not worried. You know, Sundays is, you know, the heart. I, I just want to bless people. I want people to be blessed. Today's I want to bless people. But I also believe that the best type of love is formational love. At least I love that for myself. And I love that for my own kids. My kids don't only get the good pat on the back. My kids also get the pat on the back. But they also get formation because I want the best for them. I want them to become the men of God that God called them to be. So let's do this. Do you want to understand what the purpose of God is in your life? Do you really want to believe, you really want to work, walk according to his purpose? In order to do that, you must first understand who your purpose is coming from. If you want to understand who your purpose is coming from, you have to get to know him. You have to actually get to know who that person who is declaring your purpose is. Because when you know him, you know his heart and you know his intentions. The question is this, when you get to know Christ and you get to know his purpose, his mind, his heart, his intent, are you willing to follow him? And that is a determination that Jesus would ask of anyone that would follow him. Those that want to come after me must first pick up their cross and follow me. Deny yourself, 
pick up your cross and follow me. Man, we want to be self-fulfilled in this world. We want to have so many things happen, but we know, oh man, so many people want to deny themselves. We want to live our best life now, yet Christ talks about dying now. I have nothing wrong with understanding that there's a great strength in having a word of faith and, and positive attitude. I, I am blessed by that. But today, I want to talk to you about dying and dying to yourself, to your own personal agenda. Is that number going down? Because see, when you talk about agendas, when you talk about beliefs, when you talk about me, myself, so many people drop off. They want religion, but they don't want Christ. This is why Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the great, incredible pastor and philosopher, not only that, one of the best theologians of all time. He was a German man. And he said, Christianity without Christ, without discipleship is Christianity without Christ. Christianity without discipleship is Christianity without Christ. Why would he say that? Because see, when a believer is not exposed to the truths of God that do not fit or are not congruent with what he has accepted his experiences to be. And when those are challenged, the disciple has a choice, a very simple choice, to put up an excuse or to pick up his cross. Jesus did this with a few of his wannabe followers. Jesus, I want to come after you. Fine. Leave everything behind. Wait, 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 Jesus, I'll follow you later. See, I got to go bury my father. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. Now, I don't think the fathers of that man was dead. I think what he meant is, let me make sure that everything in my father's household is dead. And once he passes away, once that is done, that chapter of my life is closed, then I can follow you. Just like him, many came. And we don't know their names. But there were some others that at the drop of a dime were willing to leave their nets and follow Christ. What was it about him? They knew him. They knew what his name entitled, entailed. They knew what his name meant. They knew that Christ was a title. Christ was not his name. Hold up, pastor. Hold up. What do you mean Christ is not his name? Yeah, I know. Some people think that Christ is Jesus' last name. It isn't. Jesus is his name. Christ is his title. Christ is what he is to you and to me. Christ comes from the word Christos. Christos means the anointed one, Messiah. Which means that back in the day, listen, as shocking as this may be to you, Christ is a position over your life that when you confess it, you choose the full manifestation of that position, including his purpose, including his heart, including his desires, including his worldview. Including the way you filter and work through information. Including the way you feel. Including who you think you are. If it's not hidden in him. I want to tell you this. Then you have failed. At your confession. Of Christ. Because Christ means the anointed one. Back then. When they were crowning a king. Here's what would happen. A man of God would come and anoint his head with oil and would say, you are the anointed one. The anointed one was super understood 
completely understood. Where King David said, I will not touch the garment. I will not hurt the anointed one of the Lord. He was talking about King Saul. See, King David, before he had a crown, he had anointing on his head. What the Lord is about is not jewels and gold. What the Lord is about is anointing. And so he anointed his son. He anointed Jesus Christ to be king over all. As a matter of fact, he got crucified, not because he was Jesus. He got crucified because he was Christ. You have to understand it. No one crucified Jesus for being Jesus. He was good. He was no threat as Jesus. But when Jesus became the Christ, when they asked him, are you the coming king? He said, you said it yourself. When he was challenged with his Christness in the New Testament, you will find in the four synoptic gospels that he is not addressed to us Christ much. It's found a few times because everybody knew who he was. He was Jesus Christ. He was Jesus Messiah. He was who he was. It wasn't until later, the apostle Paul's letters, stay with me. Paul never walked with Jesus. Paul was not a direct disciple as we think. He was not one of the twelve. Paul came later, his letters came later to the Romans, to the Corinthians, to the Ephesians. This man had to make sure that he declared Jesus as Christ. You find the word Christ in the New Testament a couple times, a few times, a handful of times. In the Old Testament, you find it hundreds of times, 870 times or something like that, depending on the version, some 700. It's insane how many times Paul says Christ, 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 Christ. Why is he saying Christ so much? See, because people knew that his name was Jesus, but who he was meant to be in their lives was Christ, the King, the Lord of all. That's why in this incredible word that you and I read, the word of God, he's referred to as Lord. Not just as healer, not just as teacher, but as a master. My great question to you today is, are you driven by your king? Do you serve the Lord or do you serve someone's agenda? Whatever that may be. See, I've spent time in the presence of God. I've spoke to my king. And I've asked him, Lord, what do you want of me? Where do you want me standing? How do I move in these crazy times? I love people. My heart is torn and the Lord says, it doesn't need to be torn. It needs to be in me. I ask you to do the exact same thing, to rise above, not to be pushed down. I'm asking you to rise as a believer, to become that which God called you to be, the light and salt of the world. But if salt loses its flavor and it tastes like everything else, then it is good for nothing. We are Christians, we are believers before we are anything else. Come on. Did you just say that, Pastor? Absolutely. Before I ever was, he called me. Before I ever existed, before my skin was formed, before my mind was made up, Jesus knew me. Before I was ever born, my days were numbered before I was ever needed in my mother's womb. The Bible says that my embryo saw his eyes. His eyes saw my embryo. Do you understand what I'm saying? That your Christ-likeness, your, your humanity is depending on who he is. He's not depending on who you are. The rhetoric that is told cannot be changed from people to people. If it's not from him, it's not the truth. Some of you guys, I should have logged off. It's too late now. Are you sure you want to do this? What I'm about to step into now is the full understanding of Christness. Who is Christ? To your life and to my life. And what does that look like in a practical day? Because a disciple of Christ, a multiplying disciple, if he's going to multiply the character of Christ, he must put his character above his own. 
He must put Christ's character above his own personal opinions. Whatever those may be. You must put Christ's character before your gender. You have to put Christ's character before your race, your skin color, your badge, your honor, your people. You must put Christ before everything else. That's why it's so hard for some people to really follow Christ. Because they follow Christ up until he agrees with their beliefs. But the greatest question for you today is this. Do you want a king or do you want a Jesus as a servant? I made that choice. And when I pray, you might have heard me pray this way. My king, my Lord. I decided that I was his servant and he was not mine. Do you want Christ as king or do you want just Jesus? Does he reign in you? Are you sure? Is he a, a one, a, an authority over all authority? Is he authority over your anger? Is he authority over what you feel and think and read and listen to? You hear me talk about peace for Sunday's message. I want to tell you this. That there is no peace unless it's found in him. There can never be real transformation. See, because all the deals, all the things we're dealing with today didn't happen in our country first. They happened in our hearts. The root issue, it didn't begin in 1916 when the white lion, big old ship came with 20-something slaves. It began way before that. It didn't begin a hundred years before that in this nation. It didn't begin with the natives being ripped from their land. It didn't begin with the Portuguese taking African, you know, uh, you know, to, to, to Brazil. It didn't, you know, you know, it didn't begin with Africans selling Africans. It didn't begin in India. It began with Adam and Eve. It began with the dethroning of the king. It began with them saying, we know what is best. I know where I'm going. I will be led by my soul. I will let my will my emotions and my intellect direct the, the course of my life and my family. And so Adam and Eve decided to eat of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil instead of life. And I ask you today to choose the same thing. Do you want to know or do you want to choose life? Now I'm not saying that you don't need to know. What I'm saying is that what you know cannot guide you. Who you know must guide you. Therefore what you know is at the light of your king and at his feet can you genuinely say today i am driven by my lord not by anything else and if you are honest with yourself as i was honest with myself this week and i had to at this very place surrender and ask god for forgiveness for not seeking him first for trying to figure things out on my own instead of saying lord i surrender i need your wisdom not my intelligence i need your heart i need your love i need your grace i need more of you because I was running out. I want to ask you this. Whose purpose are you serving? Whose purpose are you serving? Come on, answer. Don't put it on the chat. But answer. Who is your king? Who are you serving? Do you know why I love reading sermons? Because it tells me a lot about the one who's preaching it. I decided to do something yesterday. And I decided to not listen to anything, to not read, to not watch videos. I've been 
information overload, man. Sleeping two hours a night, maybe one, some, some, one, two or those. Just reading, praying, asking God. But yesterday I decided to do something a little bit different. I would begin to read the heart of God and ask him, Lord, I can't do this. Would you please help me to discern with spiritual eyes, with your ears, with your heart? Where do we go as a church? Where do I go as your son? And it was so clear and it was so beautiful to see and to hear his voice. It was so strengthening and it was so beautiful to say the least. He began to tell me, before you're a man, be a man for Christ your king. Before you're a pastor, be a pastor for Christ your king. Before you're a husband, be a husband for Christ your king. Before you're a father to Elijah and to Josiah, be a father for Christ your king. Before you are a friend, before you love, love for Christ your king. Before you are, be that for Christ your king. Before you're a woman, be a woman for Christ your king. Before you're an officer, be an officer for Christ your king. Before you're black, be black for Christ your king. Before you're Hispanic, be Hispanic for Christ your king. Before you're Asian, be Asian for Christ your king. Before you are, be for him. You know how sometimes I wish I was something else to speak to someone else. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I wish I was, you know, my, I see I'm in counseling. I see only speaking to a woman. And I feel as a man that I cannot speak because I'm not a woman. And so I'm like, well, uh, I'll just pray for you. And sometimes I wish, I don't, I'm not saying I wish I was a woman, by the way. I'm just, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that I wish I could be there and walk in the shoes and, and be able to relate more. Because I know that it's sometimes so hard. But this I can do. Let me tell you why I can tell you black people to be black people for God and Mexican people to Mexican people for God. Why I can tell cops to wear your badge for the king. Why I can tell every single person that's logged on today to do whatever you do for the king. Because I am a servant. Because I'm a son of God and so are you. If you claim Christ, Christ, not just Jesus, Christ, then live it up. What does that look like? What does that actually look like? I've seen examples. And this, yes, this yesterday, I spent hours watching listening reading examples of godly man godly woman let me ask you your question who's guiding your agenda who's guiding your heart pastor i thought you weren't going to talk about the issues i'm not listen that is only part of it you know if it's not this it'll be something else later there'll always be an enemy there'll always be someone else and i'm not minimizing please stay tuned for sunday's message i'm just asking you this question who do you represent who do your words represent who does your life represent this is a conversation i had with my wife and she had with me we have had it many times and it has not been easy because sometimes we feel we're human beings we get tired we get angry we get sad and to everything we do we have to go back and ask ourselves the question are you representing christ can I remind you that you're not of this world? <laughs> you're not of this world. Ah, America. I love America. America. <laughs> I love the thought of America. I love the ideals of America. There's a country that has given me so much as an immigrant who I don't think I would have had the same life in Mexico that I have here. I definitely know I wouldn't. I'm so grateful. As broken, as messed up as it is, I love this nation. But before I was ever American... Before I was ever Mexican, 
I want to tell you this. The Lord predestined me to be a citizen of his kingdom. And his kingdom I will represent in Mexico, in the U.S., wherever I go. Is that the truth for you? Can you honestly say that? Can I speak to those of you that have made vows to serve? Do you serve your commander? Or do you serve the commander of commanders, the Lord of all? See, I've seen people do that, and it inspires me. For those of you who are strong and who are really shaking your fist, do you shake your fist and raise your hand at the Lord and say, Lord, here I am, use me, send me, show me. I've been reading sermons of Martin Luther King, <laughs> a pastor who only quoted two-liners, three-liners. Have you read his sermons? I would really encourage you to shut down all your other sources of information and begin to read the word and hear men and women of God. If you don't want to hear him, find another one. But find a good one. I want to read to you something that I read his last sermon out of over 2,000 sermons of which I've read a bunch of them. And I've been hearing them for not just these times. I've been hearing them for years. I've been watching. I've been receiving so much. Not because he's black, but because he's a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I pray you feel the same way about me. Not because he's a Mexican, not because he's young, not because he's this or that, but because he's a disciple of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you the question, have you read what this whole civil rights movement was and what it's not? See, I know that right now what we need the most is a leader with a godly heart and integrity. But this movement and what this happening and all these things, there's so many opinions, so many things happening. And so here's my proposal. It's not about civil rights. It's not about all these things. My proposal is this, that Christians be Christians. And let Christians allow God to reign as to show the world that there is a better way. The angel of the Lord confronted David and David asked him, Are you for me? Or are you against me? Are you with my enemies? Are you with me? And the angel of the Lord so boldly said, Neither. He, David couldn't say, if you don't pick a side, I'm going to kill you. He simply asked, what is your side? What, what is it about there? What, where do I go from here? Let me tell you why. Because there's only one good side and that's his side. And that his side brings justice, brings mercy, brings love, brings unity. I know some of you think, oh, pastor, you're sounding like a hippie, but I'm a Christian. Pastor, you're sounding too idealistic, but I am a Christian. That's something that some, some people will never understand. That when somebody has the mind of Christ and is really looking to please Christ, he's not a fool to what's happening. But he's not submersed and held down underwater by what is going on. See, because your, your thought, your heart is in him. Let me go like this. and I want to read to you that little, the last snippet of the last words, or at least public words of MLK. I wish I knew the man. Honestly, I wish I, I, I was close to him. I wish I had time. And, and one day I will. In his, <laughs> in his sermon, he talks about, I've been to the mountaintop. A purpose-driven man looks like this. After he had been attacked, he had been threatened, he had been stabbed, he had gone through so much, so much of so much in such a difficult time. 
He says, and they were telling me now, it doesn't matter now. It really doesn't matter what happens now. I left Atlanta this morning, and as we got started on the plane, there were six of us. The pilot said over the public address system, we are sorry for the delay, but we have Dr. Martin Luther King on, on, the, on the plane. And to be sure that all of the bags were checked, and to be sure that nothing would be wrong with the plane, we had to check out everything carefully. And we've had the plane protected and guarded all night. And then I got to Memphis and some began to say the threats or talk about the threats that were out. What would happen to me from some of our sick white brothers? Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead of us. But I really, it really doesn't matter with me now because I have been to the mountaintop. And I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life, longevity, has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And God, and he has allowed me to go up to the mountaintop. And I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we, a people, will get there to the promised land. And I'm so happy tonight and I'm not worried about anything and I'm not fearing any man Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming Lord. April 3rd, on April 4th, the very next day, Martin Luther King was assassinated. This was his last speech and these were his last words to the public. In 1968, I believe... That one of the greatest examples was given to us and to anyone who truly says civil rights. Let me tell you something. He had seen the eyes of the Lord. Have you gazed at his eyes lately? I don't care what side you stand on. Stand on the side of Christ. I don't care where do you think or feel that you are. And I tell you this. I know this message will have blowback from God knows who. But I had to tell you what the Lord put in my heart. Let God be Christ. Something I love about this man is that him, unlike other civil rights movements leaders, he was first a man of God and then everything else. He always reverted back to the love of God and to peaceful, genuine, truly. <laughs> Not just this protest. It was a protest, but it had a purpose. The purpose was never... <clears throat> The purpose was unity. The purpose was a dream that he had that so many people quote, but they don't read the whole message. I've read it a few times, and I tell you this, it's drenched with the love of God. That's why people can hear that message and be moved by it and shook by it, Christian or not. That's why I believe so strongly that today there's no better time to be a Christian than today. There's no better time, and I told you guys, pray for me. It's a difficult time to be a pastor, but I wouldn't want to be anything else. I've been called to be a man of God. You've been called to be a man of God. You've been called to be a woman of God. This is the time where you show it. Let me now take this last nine minutes and be very practical and show you, according to the word of God, how you can live 
a Christ-driven life, a purpose-driven life, not according to any other except the Lord. And I believe God will use you in so many different realms. Listen, God can use you and will use you in so many different realms and spheres. Maybe it's in the police force. Maybe it is through civil rights movements. Maybe, listen, it is in the media. Maybe it's in your home. Maybe it's everywhere that you go, the Lord will use you. But he must be your first. He must be the one who leads. Filter it all. Make sure everything is there that he deposited and throw everything out that doesn't belong to him. How do you do this though? Pastor, how could I? With all my struggles, all my pain, all my anger, all my sadness, all my friends, all my family, all my opinions, all my background, all my insufficiencies. How can I be this man that is purpose-driven, a disciple of Christ? It's not easy, but it's outlined. First Thessalonians 5. I'm going to read 15 to 23. We're going to focus on 23, but I want you to understand the context. So that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and for all people. You hear what I said? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterance. Meaning do not despise the word of God. But examine everything carefully and hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now check it out. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. Set you apart completely. Move you to the side from every other craziness, madness. Put you aside for his purpose. And may your spirit soul and body be preserved completely without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this order, spirit, soul, body. You know what the problem is with most body? Not everybody, but just about everybody. They are soul first, body next, and somewhere is the spirit. If it happens to land somewhere there. Some of the church folk would tell you that. Yeah, 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 I love God and I believe in God and I go to church and I sing and I pray and I give my tithes. But are you spirit-led? Is God really the one who leads your life? Are you a triune being that allows the order of God to really reign? Or is really your life a very intellect, emotions, and will-driven life? Because that is the soul, intellect, emotions, and will. What do you think? What do you feel? What do you want to do? Your strength to do something. You know, some things, and I know this is the truth, especially now, that some things seem so good, but they're so fleshly. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit, and that which is born of the flesh is flesh. You have to decide what is actually flesh and what is actually spirit. I believe with all of my heart that one of the most important things for me to understand is found in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Anyone who is in Christ, are you in Christ? Are you actually Christ-centered? Are you in Christ or are you in crisis? 
Are you in Christ or are you in crisis? Because it sounds to me that so many Christians, so many disciples are not in Christ. They're in crisis. Can I tell you how to overcome? It's not by intelligence. It's not by feelings. It's not by willpower. It's by spirit power. It's by saying, God, I need you to reign over my feelings, over my intellect, and over my will. I know that sounds abstract to some of you, but it's actually super, super simple. The soul is not to feed your life or lead your life. It's the spirit that leads your life. Well, how does the spirit lead your life if you can't see it, if you can't feel it? It's precisely that. The spirit is vivified by the spirit of God, and it is the only true communication Direct communication, the one that you can really count on, is that which the Spirit of God leads. Sometimes you feel something, and you cannot know if it's God or not. But your Spirit will confirm it. The Spirit of God will reaffirm it. The Spirit of God, I am telling you, will solidify His Word, His truths in your spirit. If you seek Him. If you, like Romans chapter 8, put to death your old self and allow your new self in Christ to be born and to rise and to strengthen I know uh, that there's this demonic force going around, straight demonic. I saw it more clear than ever, and I see it more now than I ever did. It's this demonic mindset. I have a name for it, and you may not like it, and it's called humanism. Let me read to you exactly what the word humanism means and what the humanist definition is of humanism. And now look or system of thought attaching prime importance to human rather than the divine or supernatural matters. Humanists believe stress to potential value and goodness of human beings emphasize common human needs and seek solely rational ways of solving human problems. Devoid of God, devoid of the supernatural, saying we humans know, we know better, we have the answer, we have the solution. If I could just give you enough enlightenment, enough information, leave God out of the picture, that's demonic. It's called humanism, and I am afraid. I'm not afraid. I am mad that some disciples or so-called disciples of Jesus Christ live according to humanism and not theism. Theism means the God of the universe rules my universe. It's so easy to begin to be a humanist, to think, you know, my compassion drives you. Guess what? Christ was compassionate, but his father drove his compassion. This is why he wasn't swayed back and forth by this or that. You have to ask yourself genuinely, seriously, am I carnal-minded or am I spirit-led? Carnal. What an incredible word. See, I speak Spanish, so carnal is easy to me. Carne asada. Carne means meat, flesh. Carnal means fleshly. I am a fleshly person. I'm a person driven by carne, right? Are you a flesh-driven person or are you spirit-led? Something that I read that really baffled my heart and my mind is that Carnal mindedness is not always sin, but all sin is carnal. Meaning, just because you're thinking something that relates to the flesh, it doesn't mean that is evil. For example, compassion is a good thing. However, compassion devoid of Christ, you know what that is called? Misguided, ungodly, unfitting tolerance. Compassion without Christ is humanism. Your own thoughts without the king's agenda is humanism. 
It sounds beautiful on paper. It sounds amazing. You know, I read the whole humanist webpage. I went through all their comments. And a funny thing at the end, at the very bottom, this huge disclaimer. But whatever we say may not be true. Whatever we say is not right. You know what? That is the truth of humanity. It's relative. There's no absolute truth. But I know someone who is true. And I know the absolute truth. And he is my Lord. He's my Savior. He's my King. If you don't decide for him, you're going to decide something else. Because those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Martin Luther King. Those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Pastor, why are you quoting Martin Luther King so much? Let me tell you why. As I quote so many other people, and I continue to quote so many other people, I just quoted quoted Corey Ten Boom for Sunday. I decided to do something, something a little different. I want to see this 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 movement. I want to see what's happening, not through the eyes of the gram, not through the eyes of the people. I want to see through the eyes of someone who was actually effective, someone who actually had an impact, someone who had an impact on the right kind of way. And I looked and I searched, and I'm not just assuming him. I looked at different places. You know what I found? I found that those with a godly heart like Nelson Mandela were able to do something so beautiful, so incredible. I went to his house. I was in Soweto. I saw the bullet holes myself. And I can genuinely tell you there was godliness all over that. Do you know the difference? It was a pure heart, a clean heart. There was someone who was driving properly. Someone who said, I know the pain, but I could see the suffering of my brothers and sisters. I know I'm hurt, I'm angry, but this cannot perpetuate the anger and the suffering. See, it was God who was driving their agenda. Let me ask you who's driving the agenda. And maybe you're saying, I don't even care about, I'm not even into this. That's why. It's not God's heart either. It's not God's heart to remove yourself and pretend like nothing's happening. My king stepped into the mess and he died and he suffered for it. You've seen it. You felt it. You love him for it. But you cannot live according to your feelings. You have to live according to what God is saying. Galatians 4, 6 says, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of God, of his son, into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Abba, Father, because you are sons. I want to finish with something, and I'm sorry I've gone over time. I know some of you guys, you're already home, but there's a lot of lack of identity in the body of Christ, and I feel like it needs to be solved, and maybe I can't do it now in the next minute or so. But maybe I can start you on this simple journey. Do you see God as your father? Does your identity draw from him? In spite of, despite, despite, or in spite of whatever else has happened or has been done, I pray that you can ask his father, as your father, you can work and God can use you in healing whatever areas of your life and whatever area God will have you influence out of a healthy heart, not of a wounded heart. I found that as a husband, it is impossible, impossible to bring peace to my home if I don't listen first, if I don't open my heart first, if I don't act like Christ first, it is so hard, men, women, to bring the reconciliation that God needs if I'm unwilling to yield. The beautiful thing about Christ is that he would yield his heart, but he would not compromise his purpose. So what is our purpose? What are our marching orders? To seek and to save that which was lost. To seek and to save that which was lost. Let me ask you, are your actions, are what you're doing, is it really seeking the lost? Oh, but you don't know this. No, 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 no. Sure. I know some of you think you're reaching the lost by being quiet. That way you don't get anybody upset. Or you're reaching the lost by saying something. Who cares who gets upset? I think your heart and my heart must first ask the question, my Lord, my King, does this honor you? 
Is this going to have the effect that you want it to have? Is the conversation I'm engaging in godly? Are my thoughts, what I'm watching, what I'm hearing godly? I'm speaking to a church that cannot avoid the obvious. But I'm speaking to a church that is purpose-driven. Dear disciples of CFF, no. Dear disciples of Jesus Christ, there has never been a better time to be a disciple of Jesus than today because the disciples are needed. Martin Luther King acted like a disciple. And that's why I quote him. Because he acted like a disciple in a time where everybody was expecting him to act like a religious leader. No. He remained to the very end, to the day of his death, and the prior speech, my eyes have seen the glory of the Lord. Look at God. Gaze at his eyes. See what he sees. See through his eyes the world. Our purpose is to win souls and make disciples. To empty hell and populate heaven. If there's something about this message that didn't settle in with you, I'm going to ask you to do something. Talk to me. But before you do, talk to the Lord about it. Before you talk to your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your leader, Talk to the Lord and ask Him, Lord, would you search my heart? Try me, test me, and see that there's no evil way in it. I want to drive forward your purpose. Peter said to Jesus, Jesus, I don't want you to die. Don't die. You know, Peter was not saying something wrong. He was saying something humanistic. He was driving the world's agenda, saying, compassion, I love you. Please listen. And Jesus said, hold on, get behind me, Satan. Why did he say that to his friend? Why would he say that to Pete? <laughs> He said that because Peter wasn't looking up, he was looking around. It's time to look up. Disciples of Jesus Christ, it's time to be Christians first. It's time to be sons and daughters of God. I love you guys so much. I pray that you've seen my love and my desire for the best of your life. I pray that you do not abandon the race. I pray that you remain, you remain, that you fight for the relationships that God has given around us. Let's be the church. Let's be a light. Let's keep working through this. Let's allow God to use us. As a, as a burning torch in a very darkened, darkened time. Let's pray. How about we actually go to God now and ask God to really minister to us. I don't want this to just be information. I don't want this to just be a message that you're wrestling with and maybe you're angry about. Uh, to be very, very honest with you, I think at this point, my greatest desire is to please God. And my greatest desire is to see disciples of Christ, whatever color, whatever they work at, whatever they do, Husbands, wives, sons, daughters, be spiritual people, be spirit-led people, not circumstance, emotion, history driven, but be spirit-led. And that we can impact history, we can impact systems, we can impact people. Our generations will be different if we act like Christ. So let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for your church. Thank you, God, because I know that this is a space. Formation Fridays, Lord, which so many of us have received so much. I ask you, God, right now, Lord, that you would please, 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 Holy Spirit, test us. Help us to see things that, that we don't normally see, Lord. Help us. Give us revelation. If there's passivity in somebody's heart, Lord, awaken them to love you more, to lead like you. To go out and save and seek. Because that's what you want, Lord. We know, Lord, our limitations. We know in it out of ourselves, there's nothing that we can save. We can't even save ourselves. But when we act according to your spirit and speak your words and live according to your desires, Lord, I know that you can use us. Use these people. Use us, God, as disciples of you on this earth. May we never lose our flavor. God, 
Let our light shine. Let our light shine, please, God. I ask you now that you give us leaders. Rise leaders that are godly, integrity-filled, compassionate, and passionate. People that are truly guided by your spirit, not by circumstance, by anger, sadness, or a sense of injustice, or even justice, God. Help us be guided by your truth, by your love, by your grace, and by what your purpose is for us as human beings. Dear God, I know that one day everyone hearing here will be standing before you as I will, as I will, Lord. And I ask you, God, that when that day comes and we get to stand in front of you, we can say to you, Lord, I sought you. I went after you. I wanted to do what you called me to do. Just as Jesus said, let not my will be done, but yours. Dear Lord, thank you for every single person, for their beautiful hearts, and for this beautiful church. Lord, we love you. We put this whole thing in your hands, and we put ourselves at your disposal. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys so much. We will see you guys uh, Sunday.